When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins. on Oilers on Radio. Oilers. 6.30, Chad. Russell to Sacra. Banked off the glass. Center ice. 10 seconds to go. Pavelski rushes in right side. Tied up. The Oilers nudge it back to center. McDavid backhands it toward the empty net and scores! One second to play, and the Edmonton Oilers are on to round two! The Edmonton Oilers don't just know the way to San Jose, they know the way right past it. The Edmonton Oilers eliminating the San Jose Sharks tonight. 3-1 the final in Game 6. 4-2 the final verdict in Games 1 in the series. The Oilers building up a 2-0 lead with two breakaway goals early in the second period. The Sharks fighting back in the third period. They got within a goal. Then the Oilers took a too-many-men penalty. The Oilers had to survive that. Leon Dreisaitl a chance to ice the game with just over a minute left. Looking at an empty net his stick breaks but Connor McDavid scores in the final second into the vacated cage that wrapped it up 3-1 the final thank you very much for joining us it's 11:32 overtime open line on Oilers playoff radio 6:30 Chad Oilers Ducks coming up in the second round of the playoffs along with Rob Brown I'm Reed Wilkins well it's never tense at the, it's never not tense at this time of year, Rob. They don't hand you series clinching wins on a platter, but the Oilers toughing it out in the third period. They did, and they did it shorthanded. You know, their number one minute guy on the back and Oscar Clefbaum, he doesn't play a shift in the third period. So a couple of youngsters and Nurse and Benning have to play significant minutes. Larson, he plays up over twenty-six minutes on the night. And Cam Talbot made big save after big save. So you knew the San Jose Sharks were going to make a push. Uh, they did. They scored the goal by Marlowe, and then they came on hard. And it wasn't, I mean, other than the 3-0 that the Oilers had in the third period that they didn't score on, the puck didn't come out of their end much, but they weathered it. Uh, they, they blocked shots. They got pucks off glass. They didn't allow the second or third shot. And Cam Talbot, when was tested, came up with the big save. So you you know there's going to be a push. you got to weather that push, and the Oilers did it. And because of that, they get to, to live to, to play another round and one that I think will be just as exciting, if not more. Yeah, it's going to be fun taking on the de- the Ducks. We do not have uh, a schedule for that. I mean, logically, it's going to start Wednesday or Thursday, but uh, we'll let you know. Can also tell you that Coach Todd McCullen saying Oscar Clefbaum dealing with an illness, and uh, we'll get the full McClellan comments later on. Clefbaum sat on the bench during the third period but didn't play. So, Rob, I mean, that indicates it's not a concussion. Nothing was was broken. So we were wondering if it was something illness-related. Yeah, but I can't see it being uh, a flu-type thing because if that's the case, they're certainly not going to let them sit by all the players and get them sick, not knowing if there's going to be a Game 7 two days from now. So uh, the fact that he was out there means it's probably nothing long-term, which is good, and they're going to have at least four days before the next series starts, so they should come into the next series healthy. All right, before we go to the phone calls, let's go back to SAP Center. Here's a guy who was signed in the offseason to help the Oilers win games just like this one. Here's Milan Lucic. It's for us, and, you know, they got some tips and, and some bounces in front, and we were able to, uh, 
you know, get some saves and, and not allow uh, some second opportunities. So uh, definitely made it a little bit harder on ourselves. Uh, but you know that they were going to push and, and fight for their lives. But at the end of the day, this one feels good. Uh, it feels good for, you know, all this organization, our, our coaching staff, uh, and all the players. And uh, I think we, we definitely earned this one. Yeah, especially, you know, I've, I've been in many of them. And, and anything can happen home or away in a game seven. So uh, nice to get the job done here tonight. Shows, uh, you know, the character of our team that we're able to close a series out uh, when we have the chance. And, uh, you know, it only gets we got to enjoy this for, for a couple of days. But we know the task only gets harder uh, as we move along. All right, that's winger Milan Lucic. The Oilers win 3-1 over San Jose. They win the series four games to two. We're happy to talk to you tonight. 780-496-0063 is the phone number. You can also text 630-630. Liam is our first caller this evening. Hi, Liam. Hello, man. How's it going? Doing well. Good. Read Rob, I'll tell you right now. I called it. I called it from the beginning, man. I'll tell you right now. I called it from the beginning. I knew. I knew. What's the point of a series if you're going to win? You know what I mean? It's like getting a nice truck. You get a nice truck that you listen to. Everyone bombs down and they want to listen to a truck. You know what I mean? A nice song. Oilers are the song, my friend. And that's the beat that continues to go on, my friend. Next round, Ducks. Quack, quack, Mr. Ducksworth. Quack, quack. All right, Liam's ready for the Ducks in round two. We also have Rocky on the line. Hi, Rocky. Hey, Rocky. Hello. Yeah, go ahead. Can you guys, can you guys hear me? Yes. First time caller, long time listener. Hello. Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Oh, I'm so nervous. I am so nervous. I have to put on pit stick. I apologize. My am sweating. Okay. But I'll tell you when I am nice call by the last guy. I don't know what he was saying. I'll tell you right now. I am so impressed with the win. Nice win. We did everything we need to do. Everyone goes, oh, we can't beat Shar. We took a bite out of them. Out of the out of them. We took a bite out of them, right? We did everything we had to do. I am I I come to uh Edmonton uh four years. Four years ago, I enjoy our guy program, right? I phone in, never. I listen, I listen. But I I am so drunk, I drink Bunja whiskey. I am so drunk. When I- All right, thanks, Rocky. We appreciate it. Well, people are ready to celebrate tonight, which is fine. 780-496-0063. Oilers win 3-1 over the Sharks. We have Cam on the line. Cam, thanks a lot for calling, buddy. Go ahead. <laughs> How am I supposed to follow that? Not sure. Anyway, yeah, so um, I was just going to say it's pretty exciting. Um, I think the one thing I want to acknowledge is there. there's still a good core of players. Nurse, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins stepped up, Clefbaum. They came from that old regime, and it's real easy to, you know, to just wash your hands. I know there's a lot of trouble, but I want to give one last shout-out, you know, for that core, because there is a decent core here. And um, I love how McDavid and the fans are refusing to um, acknowledge or, or buy into the one player or one line thing right now. I think that's fantastic. The depth was great tonight. I thought our bottom six 
um, again, was the difference. Other than a couple games this series, I thought it was the difference. The other thing I was going to say is um, there was enough imperfection in our game that I find that encouraging. There were enough mistakes and enough issues and, and little things, you know, the too many men and, and some of the things that, that happened um, in this series that, you know, I don't think we were peaked. I thought we played very, very well, but I don't think we were peaked. And I think that's encouraging that there's still some room. And uh, I thought San Jose had some special moments, did some special things too, and they've got a great hockey team. So I think that the curve is still trending up here. So for me, I'm I'm just hoping, you know, I remember we went down in the series and and I, I said, let's just get back for game five and sort it out from there. And I think if we can head into, uh, if we can get to uh, Anaheim, um, you know, for game five, obviously, and, and, and get back home for a game six in the series, uh, anything can happen. So one step at a time, small steps. Keep it simple. Do you, now, do you guys buy what's happening with Clef Bomb? Do you think it's a, a sickness thing, or do you like? Are you guys concerned about it being an injury, or what? Like, what could it possibly be? Well, I mean, it could be a million different things. I don't think it. Personally, I don't think it's a, a contagious type of illness because I don't think they would have him on the bench. I don't think it's anything too serious, concussion-wise or something like that, because he certainly wouldn't be on the bench. Um, I I take it at face value, and we'll see Wednesday or Thursday if he plays. I'm, I'm not concerned. I believe he'll play. But, again, we have no idea. If it was something major, he wouldn't have been sitting on the bench. Right on. No, for sure. Well, guys, I want to thank you for the coverage. It's been an exciting year, and, uh, you know, we, we're uh, – I, I don't know what's going to happen against Anaheim. I mean, they're a, they're a good team, and I, th- I would say they're a special – they're a special group, Anaheim is, so who knows what's going to happen here, but just uh, let's have some fun going forward here, right? Right on, Cam. We'll talk to you again soon, buddy. That's Cam at 780-496-0063. The Oilers win at 3-1 over San Jose. Goals tonight from Dreisaitl and Slepyshev, both on breakaways, both in the opening two minutes of the second period. Marlowe got one back in the third for the Ducks. McDavid with an empty netter officially recorded at 19.59 of the third. It went in with .3 seconds on the clock. The three Oilers goals means a $75 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, courtesy of Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. You can track the uh, total for the season on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. All right, we'll get back to more calls in a second, but... To San Jose, here's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. How much of a battle was this series for you in that regard, and how happy are you with the results you got? Um, I mean, obviously, when you uh, when you come out with the series win, it, uh, uh, you don't really worry about the individual stats. I mean, I, I thought our line did a good job of uh, uh, playing defensively, but at the same time, I mean, we had a lot of chances. I mean, we got to definitely find a way to put them in. I mean, myself uh, especially, I had a lot of a lot of high quality chances that I didn't put in this series. But um, I mean, obviously, it's it's nice that. Uh, didn't end up needing that, uh, uh, to put them in in the long run, but at the same time, I mean, definitely got to bear down and uh, find a way to do it. Ryan, the last five minutes, uh, the bench minor, Leon's broken stick on the empty netter. How wild was it to watch that from the bench? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, it's uh, I mean, it's my first experience being up in a in a series uh, late in a game like that. So, I mean, 
we expected them to come hard at us and um, I mean yeah a couple uh, unlucky calls there at the end but uh, we battled hard and uh, came out with the victory so it's uh, definitely a huge accomplishment. Winning game seven this is big for this group taking the next step. Yeah for sure I mean uh, that's obviously the goal that we had coming in uh, to tonight uh, uh, getting some rest now and um, I mean we gotta look forward now forget about this one uh, enjoy it for a little bit for sure I mean uh, as like I said it's a big accomplishment but uh, definitely gotta look forward to uh, the next one. All right, there's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Worked hard in this series. I mean, he does he doesn't wind up getting a point, but I thought Nugent. I mean, his faceoffs he continues to struggle there, but I thought he worked pretty hard. Yeah, taking steps forward. I mean, the the great thing about this series for the Oilers is the the depth players came through, and every line contributed. You got two goals out of the third line. Or out of the third line, got two goals out of the fourth line. They ended up with the empty net goal, getting three li- three goals out of the first line. It was spread out, and and I still believe that the reason this Oiler team won wasn't on the backs of McDavid, wasn't on the backs of Leon Dreisaitl, it was on the back of the entire team defensive system. You know, Cam Talbot was very good, but this Oiler team, uh, this is a completely different team than we've seen over the last decade. They 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 bend, but they never break, and you have to pass a puck or shoot a puck through four or five of them every time you're in the offensive zone. So uh, a much better defensive team, and defense allows you to win hockey games, and that's what the others are doing. Yeah, and that's been their adjustment this season for sure, the way they play in their own end, and our adjustment of the game is for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. 3-1 the win tonight. Cam Talbot, very good in net. Again, he makes 27 saves to record his fourth win of the series. We'll bring Matt onto the open line. Hi, Matt. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing great. Well, we should be doing decent because of the past 11 years of overtime open line. Well, I guess it was Dan Tenser before that, but discussing knives to gunfights and the Oilers being the one carrying the knives. It's pretty nice to be a night where uh, we're talking about a series win and heading on to Anaheim. Just a quick question, though. I know McClellan talked about getting a hard match with Vlasic, um, and he didn't see me. He just mentioned that in the press tonight, not going away from that. Do you agree with that decision, or would you be trying to get Connor some more open air um, moving forward in the next series. He's probably going against Kessler, maybe Lindholm, but he'd be trying to balance that last change so that wasn't the case. And the other comment I had tonight was it was good to see the win. I still think the Oilers played de- decent up till about 10 minutes left in the second, and the wheels kind of fell off a bit. But um, it was still – this team has depth this year. I think that's the number one thing you'd notice. Is, I know a lot of people talk about like they have – you know, a new attitude, a new sense. It's easy to have a new attitude and a new belief when you're a roster of actual NHL players, and I don't think that should be lost. This is a good team. They have probably the third best goalie in the league behind Verbosky and Holtby. They have six actual NHL defensemen. There are some nights I question that. He doesn't let the play come to him, but like, this is a team with depth, and great to see and have a good night guys enjoy the phone calls and hopefully some of them are as drunk as that last one, the <laughs> one before that was so all right thanks take Matt. care have a good night yeah we appreciate it thanks hey, a lot for calling yeah he had a lot of points there the first one we reed and i haven't heard 
the post-game comments yet from the coaching staff. We hear that a little bit later when you guys do, so we didn't see the TV one. Um, personally, I probably would have went against McDavid, against Vlasic. I think Vlasic is all-world. I, I really do. I'm not sure if there's a better defensive defenseman in the National Hockey League. I think he is very, very underrated, and he was outstanding in this series against McDavid. I would have probably have tried to get him away from him. Um, going forward, there isn't a defenseman on the Anaheim Ducks that is in Vlasic's uh, category. So I don't think it really matters who he goes against against Anaheim. I think that it's a step down. I think that's a great, it's a great team, Anaheim, but they don't have a Vlasic. As far as going against Kessler... Uh, to me, as an offensive player, it's the defenseman you worry about. Kessler's going to be a nuisance. He's going to be a pest. But once you get down low in the offensive zone or once you're on a two-on-two or things like that, you don't have to worry about him as much. So um, I don't think the matchups are going to be as significant against Anaheim as they were against Anaheim, as against San Jose because I believe Vlasic was that good. The Oilers just putting out a press release here. The uh, schedule for round two will be released once all round one games are complete. Now, sometimes they they might say when a series starts, especially if Ottawa and Boston go all the way to Wednesday. But tickets for round two will go on sale Wednesday at 2 p.m. Mountain Time, obviously there won't be a lot of tickets available, and they're going to be gone quick. Don't forget, you can also sign up for those last-minute ticket alerts on edmontonoilers.com. That's when you get an email about just-released playoff tickets on game days. And uh, don't forget about fan-to-fan resale that will be available via the NHL Ticket Exchange. But uh, games one and two will be in Anaheim. The Oilers will have games three and four at home. I, I, I can't see them not announcing it until after the, all they're done because if the Oilers were to start on Thursday, they wouldn't be able to announce it until Wednesday at midnight. So that doesn't make sense that they would wait for all the series to be done. Well, I would think they'll probably wait and see because the first round could end tomorrow. Yep, but it might not, though. So I, that's what I mean. I can't see them waiting until it because it, it could go till Wednesday. Yeah, so... I think they're. I would guess they're probably saying that as a as a to be safe type thing, and then because either tomorrow the first round is done, or there's a game seven Tuesday, or there's a game seven Wednesday. Yeah. Or there could be both. So I, I would think if Ottawa Boston goes seven, they would announce maybe the first couple games in the other series. Well, if they're going to announce the first couple, they would announce them all because the first couple is the only one that's going to affect going head-to-head against a Game 7 if it starts on Wednesday. So, But it's just kind of weird. I like NBA where they just start the next series and the other one's still going on. But they don't ask us. They do not, Rob. Oilers win the series at 6-3-1 the final tonight. We have Aaron on the line. Hi, Aaron. Hey, guys. Um, <clears throat> very exciting that we're moving on to the second round. But... Um, and it was nice to see Slepyshev get one because I, I think he's been playing very well all series. So nice to see him get rewarded. And like you guys have been talking about, continues to show the, the depth of this team. But um, the last 10 minutes were so freaking scary. Um, and I feel like it, it didn't have to be that way if we would have won some key faceoffs in our end. And uh, I think, I don't know if we won one faceoff in the last 10 minutes until that last shift that McDavid got the open netter. But uh, so I'm just wondering, what can we do from now till Anaheim to to try and improve that or if that's even possible? I mean, Rob, you talked about 
tying up, you know, the guy in the center if you know you can't beat him and having the wingers come in. But uh, it's just so frustrating that we couldn't couldn't seem to do that here in the last 10 minutes. So is there anything we can do? I, I don't think so, no. I mean, it's not a secret that the Oilers are bad in face-offs. They were the worst in the National Hockey League all season long. So it's not that, hey, all of a sudden we're not good. They've probably tried a number of different things. Uh, when you send out at the end of the game, San Jose sending their best face-off guy out and it's going against the Oilers' best, well, San Jose has the advantage because their best guy is better. So they're going to win face-offs. So, yeah, it, it is, we, we've talked all year long that at some point it may become an Achilles heel for the Oilers, not being good in the draw. And we saw that at the end of the game as San Jose got a number of really good chances off the face-offs. But this is what this is the team. And... Hey, hopefully you have a big enough lead that the face-offs aren't going to matter as much at the end. But yeah, there, the it was a fire drill at the end, and a lot of it was because San Jose was winning draws and creating chances off it. Yeah, fifty-seven percent in the face-off circle tonight for the San Jose Sharks. For for those people asking, the Oilers are going to come home. They're not staying in California, and as Rob and I just mentioned, we don't know the schedule, and because of that. Uh, noise bylaw or whatever it is in uh, I think it's Oak, actually Oakland they fly out of the Oilers will not be able to come back overnight so that's the uh, the plan here for the near future I think the players will be fine with that I'm sure, I'm sure they will uh, the three stars uh, according to the NHL game sheet were selected by Sharks play-by-play voice Dan Rusinowski Cam Talbot the first star Leon Dreisaitl the second star Patrick Marlowe the third star Rob and I will give out the fourth star for Missioner Allen Auctioneering check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sales and so many good choices tonight, but to me, with the loss of Clefbaum for the entire third period, I thought a guy like Adam Larson had to step up. He had the great pass to Leon Dreisaitl to open the scoring. He was plus one on the night with an assist, played over 26 minutes, led the team in hits. Uh, I thought he was excellent, and the addition of Adam Larson was a huge addition to the blue line all season long, and he paid dividends here, especially in the third period for the Edmonton Oilers. He's my four-star. It's 11.53. We have Damon on the line. Hey, Damon. Hey, guys. How's it going? Doing well. Um, two things. I just want to start off by uh, saying I called in on Tuesday and talked about the Oilers' discipline that night. And these last two games, they've gotten way better on the def- in the uh, discipline end of the game. I also wanted to say throughout this series, I liked how good the Oilers' secondary scoring has been. It hasn't just been Dreisaitl, McDavid. It's been... Guys like Slepeshev, Kastian, and all sorts of guys from all over the lineup. No, you're absolutely right. We, Todd McClellan was very adamant at early in the season that the Oilers were taking a lot of dumb penalties. And I know that there's a lot of people talking that it was poor refing and the Oilers were, were not getting their fair share of calls. But Todd McClellan, was, he was honest about it. He said it wasn't the refing. It was, it was their players. They were, they were being silly out there. And in the last couple of games, they were much smarter. And they, that allowed them to play all four lines. And you saw what the Oilers could do when they're able to rotate their lines through. They're a much more uh, effective hockey club. So much better d- discipline, I think, led to much better efforts throughout their lineup. And, and, and a big reason why the Oilers were able to, you know, come back and win this series. 3-1, the Oilers take game six to move on to play Anaheim in round two. As we look at the advantage trailer rental scoreboard, the Blues beat the Wild 4-3 in overtime. Magnus Payarvi scoring on Devin Dubnik. 
couple ex-Oilers first-rounders. The Blues win it the series four games to one. The Rangers knock off the Montreal Canadiens 3-1. They take that series in six. They'll play the winner of Ottawa and Boston, who will continue tomorrow. Yeah, and the Ottawa Senators, they had a great opportunity to move on. They lose on home ice, and now they got a little more pressure as they go into Boston and have to somehow try and end up winning this series. All right, we have Jordan on the line. Jordan, thanks a lot for calling. Hey, guys, thanks a lot. Um, I was just going to make a, a note on the the shot on Thursday night's game by Clefbaum and how that stick can turn into a banana and release a 100-mile-an-hour <laughs> shot. Then you get dry sidle that goes to take that little snapshot at the end to seal the deal and just snaps and blows apart and your heart sinks. And well, you're right. And you think back to the one where Kajula comes out of the penalty box, same thing on a breakaway, and yeah. he breaks a stick. Yeah, it is unbelievable. Clef bombs, he's got all that torque in it, and the thing looks like it's going to bend in half, and the, he unleashes an absolute bomb, and then two guys try to take little snapshots, and the thing snaps. That's the one thing about composite sticks. If there is a, a hairline fracture in it, you can't see it, and the only way you find out about it is when it snaps off in your hand. Yeah, almost unbelievable, almost unbelievable, but that's that next-level excitement as well. But, hey, guys, just wondering what, I know you would mentioned it a, a couple of callers ago, but um, I think we need a little bit of presence down in California, so just kind of looking to book our flight. Um, is it possible for the second round to start before the first round starts? Uh, they've or- never done that. I, I Did they once have a Game 7 and a Game 1 on the same night? They might have done that, but they've never had a Game 1 the day before a Game 7. Yeah, that's. I mean, I know in the NBA they have done it. Or, oh, yeah. Yeah, the one series will be playing, and then the other one will already start the, the, it, because they've won in a sweep. I've never seen it in, in the NHL. I... I, I don't know. I, I was hoping that they would release the Western Conference today or tomorrow because the Western Conference is now complete. I don't think they will wait until Wednesday if a Game 7 is on a Wednesday. I think they have to let people know before that because if it's a Thursday game, they're not going to wait that long. I would think the first game, my guess is it's Thursday. That's, but that is only a guess. And, and I would also guess, Jordan... That if Ottawa and Boston go Game 7, they would at least announce the start of the Edmonton-Anaheim series or the first yeah. four games or the first two. Yeah, but I think but, if, they, if they announce it, I think they'd announce it all because it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, you should know because yeah, you it, should doesn't know. Affect the, no. it doesn't affect the Senators and the, and the Bruins. Game seven, Game 7 in those last two series would go... Tuesday, the, six, Maple Leafs-Capitals Game 7 is Tuesday. Bruins-Senators Game 7 is Wednesday if they're needed. Right. And and the okay. thing is, in those games, too, both teams that need to force Game 7s are both playing on home ice tomorrow. Boston and Toronto both on home ice trying to force Game 7s. Yeah. So it's okay. possible. That is to watch the two games tomorrow and cross our fingers. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we couldn't know tomorrow night. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but I, my, guess, my guess is Thursday, but that is just a throwing a dart at a balloon and hoping that I pop the right one. Yeah, and if you people are asking, thanks Jordan, and if you're just joining us, the Oilers are are coming home from San Jose, so they'll probably get a day or two off 
and then uh, practice and then fly back to uh, California. A little further south this time to play the Anaheim Ducks. All right, let's go back to San Jose ourselves. Here's Oilers center Mark Letestu. It's a bit of a relief, especially the way we, we closed it out. I had to make things interesting with, with a couple penalties and sticks breaking on empty nets. Not a dull moment the last few games. So a lot of relief in here. Uh, happiness for the guys really battled uh, and excited for round two. What can you say about the way you guys were able to come out in this game? Because you knew it would be hostile territory. We all know what happened on Tuesday in this building. Just how did you guys handle that? Yeah, I thought our start was really set the pace and the, you know, the emotion level for the whole game. Uh, we weren't you know, waiting for them to attack and just kind of held the floor. I thought we went after them. Uh, we were on the offensive quite a bit. It was a, a nice little change up for us, uh, but I thought it set the tone for the whole night. Uh, continued on some tense moments, but got some breaks and some big saves. Uh, what you need the playoffs to be successful. What was that last 748 like? It was intense. Uh, again, you know, you, the, they get the goal, the crowd gets going, the power play. Uh, but guys came up with big plays, big blocks, big saves, uh, the kind of stuff everybody talks about when it comes to playoff time. So it's it's nice to see we have it in us. Uh, now we got to do it again. Mark Letestu already thinking ahead to the next round against the Anaheim Ducks. Oilers win it 3-1. We get another round, at least one more, to try to get the Japanese Village goal light to turn on. Harder to get to five in the playoffs, but when the Oilers score five or more in a game, you can go to the Oilers page on 630Ched.com, print up a free appetizer coupon to Japanese Village, three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. The, the, Ana, the San Jose Sharks Rob scored 10 goals in... 88 minutes and 38 seconds if you factor in the seven in game four and then the three in about the first half of game five they get one goal in the last 109 minutes and 37 seconds of the series well and and we said i believe that the oilers win this series because of their defensive play they're not winning games six five five four they're they're winning games because they the other team can't score and you throw away the aberration of of game four where san jose gets the seven and you're like that's a, a great defensive effort by the oilers in this series so they're gonna have to be just as good in the next series because the anaheim ducks don't give up a lot they're a team that wants to win one nothing and we've seen that over the years I think the Oilers are now capable of playing those games as well as the Anaheim Ducks, and we're going to see that right away. All right, if you're on hold, stay there. We're getting to everybody on the line. Uh, if you are just tuning in, Oscar Clefbaum, an illness. That's why he didn't play the third. The next series starts in Anaheim. The Ducks finished higher in the standings. They have home ice advantage. The Oilers take down the Sharks 3-1. They won the series. Canadian Brewers. This report brought to you by PF Custom Countertops. Breakfast in your old kitchen, dinner in your new. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Corner Tierney fires from a sharp angle, deflected wrist shot. What a save made by Talbot. Tremendous stop on Donskoy from the slot. That's your save of the game for Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. Cam Talbot, very good again tonight. He makes 27 saves. The Oilers win 3-1. They take the series in six. It's Anaheim next. And again with Talbot, Rob, you can probably replay stuff we've been saying since the second week of the season. But makes difficult saves, stays solid in the net. And a lot of times you, you see a save... And you think, oh, yeah, good stop. And then you see the replay, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, like that was. But but he just he 
I mean, it's not easy, but sometimes he makes it look look easy. He does, and it's a, a lot of it's his angles. It's his calmness. Uh, it's the way he swallows pucks, reads plays. And you say that we when it first happens, you don't notice it, but they showed a a little clip on the, the sports center as we've been sitting here wa- are talking, a bunch of the saves, the, the deflections. And, like, they're, they're moving a lot, these pucks off the stick coming in. And he's still in the right spot, and, he, and there's no rebound. And I think that's what's key is there's just you, you got there's the one that shows the puck takes this huge change of direction. You got Thornton and I believe it was Pavelski both standing there waiting for the rebound to pound into an empty net, and it's not there. And they're swinging in air. So Talbot has been excellent all season long. He gives them a chance to win, and I believe 90% of the season he's been as good, if not better, than the goal he's playing against. And if you got a goaltender giving you that kind of effort. You're going to have a pretty good season. So far, the Oilers have. All right. Good morning. It's 12.07 into Sunday we go. Man, I wonder if we're going to get all these late starts against the Ducks in the in the second round. Probably some eights. I don't know if we're going to get any 830s. I guess we'll have to wait and see. The schedule is not out yet, everybody. Um, we're speculating. The, the official word from the Oilers in the league is once round one is done which could happen tomorrow. So you're just going to have to wait and see for now, but the series will start in Anaheim. Yvonne is on the line. Hey, thanks a lot for calling. Hi. Really enjoy the show, guys. Just love it. Well, thank you very much. And I just wanted to tell you that, um, second that emotion on Cam Talbot, you got to love that Cam. He's he's so great. Uh, Now, I just wanted to say this because even before this started, Jack Michaels, he is second to none. I think... We have the best announcer anywhere. I really do, hands down. I listen to him, and I am so entertained by his little tidbits of information here and there that he always inputs into every game. Now, some people might be distracted by that or not like it. I really like it. So, But um, I just wanted to also tell you that my husband and I, we lost our TV. It died on us, and all along from the beginning we've been listening on our radio so that's just to give you an idea of what kind of fans we are um for the oilers so we're really enjoying it just the same even though it's we can't see <laughs> well that's great we appreciate our imaginations are pretty good <laughs> that's awesome we yeah. really appreciate you tuning in yeah and uh, i just wanted to tell you that um from the start this has just been so exciting um uh, but the last few games have just been so intense but all in you know the right way uh and it's it's just been so great to see uh them really stepping up you know and and playing the way i knew they could and and i knew they would win i knew we'd get into the series of course but i also knew they would win these last two games which which were i thought really intense but um and i'm just really looking forward to the next leg of uh of this whole series you know this whole thing and i believe we can win the cup i said that from the start and i'll say it again and i truly believe that that we can take that cup and we deserve to and i'm really wondering how you feel i know people have asked you this question already uh going into this next leg of of it how you think um things kind of will which direction you think they might take. Sure. Yeah, thank you very much for calling them on. We appreciate it. <laughs> well, I, I think we said right from the beginning that there was one team that was probably separated from the rest in the Western Conference, and that was the Chicago Blackhawks. 
uh, just because of the experience they have, their, their cup wins. They had another fantastic year. We thought in the Oilers' division, they were so closely uh, bunched during the regular season. I mean, it was right down to the wire. You didn't know which team was going to win the division mm-hmm. and all. So there was really no favorite going into to the, this, the first two rounds. We felt that the Oilers were just as good as the teams they were going to play against. And I'm sure that San Jose, Anaheim, and Calgary also felt the same way, that, you know, why can't we win our division? We're just as good as the others. So I think uh, what you need to win series, you need good specialty teams, and the Oilers have that. You need great goaltending. The Oilers, Oilers certainly have that. You need health, and the Oilers, we were a little questionable about what's going to happen with Clefbaum, but it sounds like, from what Todd McClellan said, that it's nothing major. So you got, the Oilers have got good health, and you need bounces. And the Oilers did get a lot of good bounces and none bigger than the, the bounce off a post of a Pavelski shot in the last couple of minutes that preserved the, the lead. So I, I believe that going into this, if Vegas was making odds, it would probably be 50-50 on this one. I think both teams are good. Both teams are coming off impressive first-round series. And it's, it's a matter of which team A, executes better, which team gets the better bounces. But I would not sell the Oilers short going into this series against Anaheim. I believe they're just as good as the Anaheim Ducks. And we still have the McDavid factor that hasn't stepped out this playoffs. And he's due. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Robin. That's what we've seen from the Oilers this season is how many games are close, how many games are tied or within a goal in the third period. This one was up two going to the third, but the the, uh, Sharks made it within one. And I think that's what... I mean, I, I kind of think that's where you want your team to be because there aren't going to be a lot of runaway teams. And I'm granted the Metro division was, was pretty tough. Sure, there might be four or five teams where you say they're a cut above. Mm-hmm. The Oilers would like to be that, where you go into a series saying they're the absolute favorite. Maybe a year or two from now they're going to be there. But then there's a big jumble of teams after that where you say, like, okay, stay in the game, take it to the third period execute a play. The Oilers had two golden scoring chances tonight. Breakaways. They scored on both. And then, you know, uh, Marlowe had a breakaway right after those and, and Talbot makes a save. So it just sometimes it just comes down to who's going to make the clutch play mm-hmm. at, at the right time. Now those were second period play, not third period plays. But ideally you want to say, we're going to the third period and we think that A, we're going to be the team that doesn't make a huge mistake and that, B, we think we're the team that if we get a golden scoring opportunity, we have the guys to finish it. Yeah, they're in the game, and I think it it starts with goaltending for the Oilers. Their goaltender gives them a chance each and every night, and they've got enough playmakers that, given one opportunity, they can put the puck in the net. So uh, the Anaheim Ducks are good, and they got some stars over there, but the Oilers are too, so I I feel this is a a pick-em series, and... Whichever team is able to get the bounces and capitalize on them are going to be the team moving on to the third round. Well, and that's and that's the thing. Oilers fans are, and rightfully so, saying, well, what about Kessler? What about uh, Fowler coming back? What about Vatanen mm-hmm. and Lindholm? Uh, what if Gibson gets hot? All, all valid yeah, points. Absolutely. But now fans of those other, whether it's Anaheim or whoever the Oilers wind up facing, they're saying, well, what about this Cam Talbot guy? Well, what about McDavid? Well, then what about Dreisaitl? What what about some of their depth scoring? So, I mean, the Oilers are no longer a team where the other team is saying, 
well, all we have to do is play 80% and we win. And, and right? you, <laughs> yeah, and you just look at the standings. What were the what were we two points behind the Ducks in the standings? And we were what two points or three points up up on the Sharks. Everybody was bunched in there. And right around the same as what the St. Louis Blues and the Nashville Predators have, who are both moved on into the next round. So you've got the standings right there. So the yeah, sta- Anaheim had 105, Edmonton 103, San Jose 99, Calgary 94. So there's a, a whole, the four playoff teams in the division, 11 points apart. So it's four or five wins. Yeah. And, and, and what happened? The two teams with the most wins won, and they moved on. Whereas in the other conference, there was a bit bigger gap between Chicago and Nashville, and, and Nashville wins. And to me, and I, you and I, Reed, talked about it at the end of the season when the Oilers were going for the trying to win the division. We said, well, the one problem is winning the division is you could get Nashville in the first round, and I thought that they would be the toughest first-round matchup that the Oilers could get. I'm not sure I would have picked them to beat the Chicago Blackhawks. I think I would have picked them to beat just about any other team. And lo and behold, they sweep the Hawks and hold them to three goals in that was, four that's games. That's the craziest that's thing. Unbelievable. Like a sweep is one thing. But. So, but to me, this is going to be a good series against the Anaheim Ducks, and I believe it is going to be a little nasty because the Anaheim Ducks know how to play that way. A bus on the line. Hey, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, what's up, guys? What a series. I can't believe the Oilers beat the Pesky Sharks. I mean, I love Zach Cassian this year. Two shorthanded goals in the game. And Cam Talbot, man, he is he is my man. And I'm telling you right now, I miss that the Flames are not facing us. But the Ducks are going to be hunted, and we're going to go into the playoffs, into the final round. Like the other lady said, we have depth, and we learn from our mistakes. And this team is going to get us the cup for a lot of years to come. How long you been an Oilers fan, buddy? I'm 40 years old. I've been living in Ontario for 24 years. But I've been a diehard Gretzky fan since I was five years of age. That's awesome. So you're you're calling from Ontario right now? Yes, sir. I hate the Leafs. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> FYI, the Leafs are going to lose to the Caps. And you're up late too, aren't you, buddy? Oh, yeah, cause inter- and school's over too. Okay. Abbas, I really appreciate you calling, man. I hope we hear from you again, okay? Okay, I'll try calling you every day, man. Well, we'd love <laughs> to hear from you. School's over. Right on. Thank you so much. 780-496-0063. We have uh, William on the line, who's also going to finish the play with us. William, go ahead. Hey, how's it going, guys? Doing great. Good, good. Uh, I was just actually happy on the series that... Um, the Sharks really tried to shut down the, like, quote-unquote McDavid line. They did shut down McDavid, but you can't control a whole team by shutting down a star player, right? So it was nice everybody stepped up. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, they they did a good job on Connor, and they knew that, and they were saying, all right, we're going to put our best defensive player out against Connor. If the rest of the team beats us, well, I mean, that's that's on them. That's good for them, and they did. Players had to step up, and this is when you see good teams in playoff hockey where it's not always the best player that comes through. We watched last year in the Penguins win the Stanley Cup. It was, I mean, Crosby was good, Malkin was good, but their third line, to me, was what won them the Stanley Cup yep. because their depth was better than any other team's depth. And the Oilers right now are getting depth scoring, 
players that don't normally put the puck in the net for the Oilers are doing that, as well as playing good defensive hockey. So it's going to be another great series against Anaheim, and I look forward to it. And the fact that you, Reed and I are right now doing a one of our shows late April is kind of cool. It, we're, we're, it means the playoffs are here and the Oilers are part of it, and the Oilers have just as good a chance as anyone else moving forward. All right, William, we're going to finish the play with you. You've already won an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set We Park. Park cheap and easy. Visit jetsetparking.com. If you're correct, you'll be entered into the grand prize draw for $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity. Here we go. And here come the Oilers. Lucic to Eberle in over the lawn. Back to Lucic. Rich shot. All right, so there's a, a scoring opportunity for the Edmonton Oilers tonight. Milan Lucic did not score in the game. We know that. Martin Jones did a very good job in goal for the uh, for the San Jose Sharks. William, what WHL team did Martin Jones play for? Was it the Calgary Hitmen or the Edmonton Oil Kings? Oh, my God. I think it was the Hitmen. You are absolutely right, buddy. Stay on the line, okay? Okay, I'm I'm thinking. Okay, you better give me an easy one there, because I'm like, okay, I don't know who he played for. Well, I, figured, I just knew it wasn't the old uh, Kings. Yeah, if, exactly. That's you know. All right, we got a special guest on the show. He's been on 6:30 Chet before on Inside Sports and on the Face Off Show. One of the uh, head guys over at Oilers Nation and OilersNation.com celebrating the playoff win tonight. It's bagged milk. Bago, thanks for calling. How's the party at the pint? Hey, Reed, we got two special guests, Gene Shorts, too, with, uh, with Bag Melt. Oh, you guys are both there. Okay, yeah, thanks, Gene we Shorts. We wouldn't be anywhere else without each other. That's right. Surprise, Reed! <laughs> <laughs> how, how are things going? What's the what's the mood out there? The vibe is bumping right now, Reed. There's horns honking everywhere. The pint is slammed. Shots are going all around the bar. The cheers haven't stopped since Lepeshev put one through. It's an, it's an amazing environment downtown, Reed. Reed, why are you not here, Reed? Well, maybe I'll see you in a couple hours if there's still something going on. Guys, we just... Know, we know the building is fortified because the last two games it hasn't uh, come down to its foundation. <laughs> so we're good to go. You know, Oilers Nation was born out of the... Uh, the angst, uh, the misery of Ryan Smith being traded. Uh, you know, it's a great website. You guys do a great job on the Twitter account and all that kind of stuff. Uh, just how is the mood change, and, and how different is that for you guys to be a part of? Listen, listen. We just won a round in the playoff series. I don't even know what to say right now. I have no idea what's going on in the draft. That's the most important thing I can think of. It's Nolan Patrick, and then followed by... Who cares a whole lot? We're going to Anaheim for round two, and that's all that matters right now. We're going to Disneyland, Reed. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks a lot for calling. A couple of guys from Oilers Nation, Bag Milk and uh, Gene Schwartz. Not their real names, as I uh, always say. Checking in from an Oilers party going on in downtown Edmonton. I'm sure there's a lot of those Oilers parties. I Now, I remember the 2006 run, and I remember it was a party every second night for two months. And hopefully we're going to be starting that right now and we continue on for another six weeks here. All right. We're still going to hear from head coach Todd McClellan. If you're on hold, we're coming to you. Dale, you're up next. The Oilers have won their first-round series over San Jose, a 3-1 victory in Game 6. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, 
Pete Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Out to Paul Martin, drop the puck, and here's Slepeshev with a breakaway. To make it 2-0, Slepeshev fires and scores! Anton Slepeshev puts the Oilers up by a deuce in Game 6! For the first time since 2006, the Edmonton Oilers have a series-winning goal. That was the second goal tonight in a 3-1 decision over the San Jose Sharks. The Oilers take it in six. The last Oiler to score a series-winning goal was Rafi Torres. Game five against Anaheim in Anaheim, May 27th, 2006. The Oilers won that series four games to one. Uh, 780-496-0063 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins, and we got a special guest. It's Bob in San Jose. Hi, Bob. Hi, Reed. How are you? <laughs> Let me tell you, the fans, they're every bit as excited. All 287 of them that came from Edmonton that have converged upon the hotel as the thousands upon thousands are let, that are letting a roll in Edmonton tonight. So, uh, how you doing? First time uh, caller, long time. <laughs> Uh, thanks for making time for us, buddy. Special occasion, so we wanted to bring you on overtime open line. Uh, uh, how were you through those last seven and a half minutes, Bob? Well, I was, uh, you know, the funny thing is, I'll be honest, I mean, I was nervous. Who wouldn't be nervous in that situation? But this team has shown resiliency. They've shown the ability to close out games. And, um, you know, it, it's funny how in the state. The conversation always revolves around McDavid, and so it should. He's a special player. But I think in the places where hockey is first and foremost, there is an acute awareness of the significant other building blocks of the team. And those other building blocks were the guys delivered tonight. I mean, the Cam Talbot trade, that's a huge trade by Peter Shirelli. Adam Larson for Taylor Hall, that is going to be debated for the next 15, 20 years. But the fact is, on a night where Oscar Kleffbaum did not play in the third period, Adam Larson played 26 minutes and was a stud for the Oilers and helped them get the win. So, but then you yeah, look at the goal scorers. I know Jack Michael tweeted it out, you know. Cassian, two game winners. Uh, DeHarnay, a game winner. Slepeshev, a game winner. Who had that in their scorecard before the series started? So, I'm actually, guys, I got to tell you, I mean, I'm excited, but I'm also really intrigued to see if the offense can get going a little bit better against the Anaheim Ducks and Anaheim plays more aggressive style the Oilers played San Jose with a lot of respect so I was nervous I'm glad the Oilers got through this series I think it was a tough matchup for Edmonton but they willed themselves and I don't think it did Reed you picked the Oilers I picked the Oilers Rob I don't, I'm not sure if you did as well but I know I respected San Jose enough to know that it was going to be a tough series it turned out to be that way it wasn't the series I thought it was going to be you know, I thought the Oilers might be a little bit more reliant upon McDavid, but that's got me quite ex- excited moving forward. So, well, you're, now, you're around the team more than, than we are, and, and certainly more than I am. But the one thing that I've noticed from afar, and it was right from training camp, is the quiet confidence that this team had all season yeah. long, right from training camp. I remember listening to Latestu and Lucic and, and all these players that came in and, and, and said, you know what, we are a good team. We believe in ourselves, and we're, we're looking forward to this year. And more so than any other season that I've been working here, did I actually think, well, you know what? Maybe this thing is going to start turning in the right direction. And they've never gotten too high. They've never gotten too low. When they lost five in a row early in the year, you know, it's going to be all right. Don't worry about it. And when they went, went on a winning streak, yeah, you know, there's still things we need to improve on. 
Is that what, to me, that's the biggest thing that I've seen that has pushed this team to a new level is because they were never hoping to win games anymore. They were believing they were going to. Rob, the tone on the plane is the same, whether or not the team wins, you know, a 6-3 blow win on the road, or whether or not they get the snot kicked out of them. Maybe it's a tad quieter after 7 nothing loss, but we flew the day after. But the mood, you know, there's just something about the maturation of some of the guys that they brought in. Mark Letesta is now 32, brought in a few years ago. Sekera, 30 years of age. You know, 28-year-old Milan Lucci just won a Stanley Cup. Maroon, who had some tough moments in this series, but he's 28. And those guys complement Bringing in Larson. There's an old joke that agents will tell you. You can never go wrong with a guy from uh, a place that starts with S. I go, well, what does that mean? They go, Saskatchewan and Sweden. Those guys are always good guys, right? And and Larson's been a good fit in that regard. And it's starting to me, the GM goes out, procures the talent, the head coach tries to develop an identity with the team, and the identity of this group is not to spit the bit. In the past, the owners spit it too early. They got way better support players. They got a better goaltender. They got a better defense, and there's a general more confidence just around the whole group. And they conduct themselves in that fashion on a day-to-day basis. Bob, thanks for making time for us. Enjoy tonight in San Jose, buddy. I'm looking forward to Oilers now already on Monday noon to two, man. Reed, I just want to mention, don't know if you've read the direct quote. Uh, Kevin Kurz tweeted out, Todd McCall will talk about the matchup. Everybody was focused on Vlasic and Braun, but for Todd, it was having Nugent Hopkins go up against uh, Thornton and Pavelski. And again, it was we discussed over the last couple games, it was getting McDavid away from Pavelski the last two games, and Nugent Hopkins more than held his own against Thornton and Pavelski. It was, you know, McDavid having to beat two layers of defense. Pavelski is a forward. And uh, and then obviously Vlasic on D too much, and Todd alluded to last night in the post game. I thought that was a really telltale toll for what they were trying to accomplish during the series, and they had some chances. And you know, give credit to Nugent Hopkins and everybody in the Lucci. They didn't score, but they carried the play against that line throughout the course of the last couple of games. Yeah, yeah, we touched. We we thought Nugent Hopkins was was excellent. Bob, safe trip home, buddy. I'll see you Have soon. Have a good night, guys. Yep, see you tomorrow. Bye bye. Bob Stoffer. Bob from San Jose. Bob from San Jose. Great to have Bob checking in tonight. The Oilers win the series. We have Dale on the open line. Dale, thanks for calling. Well, shoot. It's been a hell of a wait. Not going to lie. How are you guys not? Doing well. What's on your mind? Well, can you guys explain to me, first off, you had the phone call from Oiler Nation. What's Oiler Nation all about? If you guys don't mind, just, just give me a little insight. What's Oiler Nation all about? Oilers Nation is uh, is a website, and uh, it's just a kind of a place for uh, oh. fans to blog and, and connect and, oh. and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Well, whoopee. I'll tell you right now, I know three things in life. I go by three W's, women, whiskey, and winning. All right. Well, we got the winning down tonight, so that's good. Thanks, Dale. Appreciate it. We have Robert on the line as well. Hey, Robert. Hi, guys. How are you doing tonight? Doing well. Well, well I mean... Uh, I got uh, I got a couple thoughts tonight. My first one is I think it's something we we've talked about uh, with this group all season long is is uh, the bend but never break mentality. We saw it again tonight. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. It's 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 the defensive style that they play. They they you know you're going to get some chances, but you're not getting second opportunities. You're going to keep most things to the outside. The willingness to block shots, and I think that's 
whenever San Jose, when Brent Burns or, or Thornton or someone lines up to shoot, you're not just shooting on a goalie. You're shooting on a forward and a defenseman and a goalie all trying to get into the same lane. And it they make it tough. So the Oilers, yeah, they, they bend, but they certainly don't break like they used to. All right, thanks, Robert. We appreciate it. 780-496-0063. We also have uh, Kent on the line. Kent, are you calling from Ottawa? Yeah. Well, right on. Well, thanks for giving us a buzz and staying up late. You must be feeling good. I'm feeling great. I'm loving, loving it. Um, I I was really impressed with Kajula and uh, the play of uh, of Latestu. You know, when your fourth line is Pouliot, Dayane, and Slepeshev, I mean, that's a pretty good team, right? Yeah, I think that line, I mean, they, they had struggles during the regular season. They weren't playing a whole lot in the, the first couple games because of all the penalty trouble that the Oilers got into. But when they were given their opportunity, uh, they took advantage of it. They they were a positive. And when your fourth line is a positive, you know, that's a good thing. And then a couple couple goals from them. So, uh, what, two, two game-winning goals came from their fourth line. Mm-hmm. That is huge. Mm-hmm. I think uh, you're right saying that this uh, coming into this series is sort of a coin flip. I like to do a lot of analytics, and when I was looking at San Jose versus Edmonton, I thought Edmonton had the advantage and was going to win because it shows in the numbers, and I don't know if it's because of Todd McCullen's experience with San Jose or what. When it comes to Edmonton versus Anaheim, it seems to be exactly what you say, more of a coin flip. They didn't win the games during the regular season as decisively, but also this... um, I really like goal differential since Christmas, basically as a measure of strength of the team. And the four best teams since January 1st uh, to April 10th was Washington with plus 61, Anaheim with plus 26, Edmonton with plus 25, and Pittsburgh with plus 25. Oh, there you go. And Anaheim. So to me, Anaheim and Edmonton is kind of it's going to be a brutal series, and I think it's going to be long. I believe we can do it. For whatever reason, when I look at the numbers, it looks like this is the hurdle to maybe getting. You know, this is the big hurdle in the West for us. Well, and you know, Edmonton finished the season what twelve and two. Then they win this series in six. So Edmonton's sixteen and four in their last twenty games. Anaheim's fifteen zero and three in their last eighteen. So that's so. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Two teams at the top of their game. Yeah. Yep. Kent, good to hear from you. Thank you. All right. Tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick timeout. We got more phone calls coming up, and you'll hear from head coach Todd McClellan. The Oilers advance to round two, beating the Sharks 3 1. This is Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It's 12.41 in the morning. A good morning for Oil Country. A 3-1 win over the San Jose Sharks. The Oilers win the series. They dropped game one in overtime. 
came back with shutout wins in games two and three. They were skunked 7-0 in game four. They came from behind to win game five in overtime. And tonight they played quite well for the most part. You knew it was going to be nerve-wracking protecting the lead in the third. And San Jose was going to give everything they had. But the Oilers hang on. McDavid got an empty netter just before the time ran out. And that how that's how it became a 3-1 final. Mike texting in. He says, uh, hey, I want to hear what you guys think this one round has done for the inexperienced players. How does this change the way they think the game moving forward? Well, question. Yeah, I think it's done wonders because it wasn't a series that they won four straight where there was no stress. They, it was a series where they lost game one, so they needed to win. They had to go into San Jose and win a game because they they had lost home ice advantage. They had to bounce back from being blown out in a game. They had a couple overtime games. They had a play through injuries with Oscar Kleppbaum missing the third period. So there's a lot of different scenarios that came at them in this in this series. And they fought them all off and came came out of it victors at the end. So, yeah, I think that the experience that they gained in this series is going to help them as they prefer to, to go forward in the, in the playoffs. But again, in this series, they came in huge underdogs in the experience category. And it was the youth that won anyway. So experience is needed when you are facing adversity. And other than that, it's it's just a game. Yeah, I mean, I was getting a lot asked a lot about experience before the series, and somebody asked me about it today. Well, will the, will the Sharks experience? And, and look, I don't want to write off experience because in life, experience sure. helps. But if if sports just came down to experience all the time. Same team young, would win. young teams would never win until old guys retired. Yep. I mean, there there's, comes a point when... And part of the thing was, yes, this group of Oilers players aren't experienced, but that's why they brought in Lucic. And even Larson, I know he was younger when the Devils went to the Cup Final. He wasn't playing all the time. But, you know, being around being around teams like that. Even DeHarnay was on a couple of good Montreal teams, mm-hmm. you know. So he, he, they were able to bring it all together, and now it's, an, it's another test against against Anaheim. And Anaheim's had a lot of experience, but they've lost Game 7 on home ice a lot of times, four, too. Four times. So how much is, how much has that helped them? Well, we'll see. We'll see. Brijan is on the line. Thanks a lot for calling. Hey, Rob. How are you guys? Doing very well. Okay. I'm, I'm calling from Montreal. I mean... I came to Canada in 1983, and since day one, I fall in love with the Oilers during those dynasty times. And as you know, we suffered a lot during the last 10 years, and this is unbelievable, guys. I mean, I just, 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 uh, I know there was lots of uh, talk about the Edmontons, I mean, uh, the Oilers, and there is only one superstar. But uh, I bring a quote from uh, Glenn Sater. He used to say, if you want to win a Stanley Cup, you have to have a four seven world class player and I think we are not there yet but uh, I guess uh, the new new features next year next two years we're going to have uh, unbelievable uh, teams and, and this, is, this is unbelievable I, this is not right now it's three o'clock here in Montreal and during I never forget you guys last year the year before uh, we suffered a lot uh, we stay late we watch late lots of mistakes but new management, uh, I think the the turnaround of this season was Larson. If you watch this game tonight, he played 27 minutes and around maybe 30 shift or 32 shift, all against the top line of San Jose. There was no one mistake 
there was no one giveaway. And uh, for this guy, this is unbelievable. This player, I think uh, he settled on the Oilers' future defense. Very, very impressed with the number 25 uh, of Oilers. I know you were shorthanded today regarding the uh, telephone third, third period, but uh, Donald Nurse, he came through. This is, a, uh, as Rob said, uh, I know Rob was unbelievable players during the heydays with the Pittsburgh. He saw young players, young defensemen grow up a lot. We see the Edmonton Oilers the next two, three years. And I know with the free agency and all these things, it is not too much dynasty, but I'm telling you guys, we're in the right direction. Maybe we don't win it this year, but uh, the future is bright. Really appreciate it. You're taking my calls, and I'm going to sleep. <laughs> I don't know if I can sleep. Right on, Bridget. I'm shaking and <laughs> unbelievable. Right on, Brigitte. Thank you so much for calling and, and staying up. It's obviously uh, 2.46 in Montreal, 12.46 here in Edmonton. Well, he was praising uh, Adam Larson, and yeah, the exact numbers on Larson, 30 shifts. He got an assist, 26 minutes and 10 seconds, credited with four hits and a couple of blocked shots. Uh, obviously, he had to pick up some of the slack. Oscar Kleffbaum, by the way, missing the third period with an illness, and we're going to get to head coach Todd McClellan here uh, in about 20 seconds. But, yeah, I, I mean... The, I think we want to focus on on this year. This is an exciting time to be in the playoffs. There are a lot of guys important to the Oilers, 25 and under, and, and Larson is one of them. Well, and it was really evident tonight when you look at the San Jose Sharks and and the age of their team, and they've been a, a dominant team for, for a decade. It's been a great run in San Jose, always uh, near the top of the standings every year. They're, they're superstars, but their superstars are aging. And the you look at the Anaheim Ducks who are about to play. Their star players, the Perrys, the Getzloff, they're at the back end of their career. The LA Kings, uh, their top players are, are are getting into the to the 30s and, and moving forward. There's going to be turnover, and the new teams are, are the Oilers, the Flames, the Predators. They're young, they're fast, Leafs. they're skilled. The Leafs, yeah, the Leafs. People I don't th- want to hear that, no, but it no, could be. I was thinking about out west, but yeah, obviously with the yeah. Leafs in, in Ontario, a really good team, an exciting team to watch. I mean, who knows? You know, f- a few years from now, a, a Toronto-Edmonton final. And that's something that I think most people would have scoffed and laughed at if we would have brought that up a couple of years ago. But both building in the in the right direction. And the skill level of the players nowadays is amazing. And the Oilers got a number of them on their team and their youth. This is a team that if the Oilers' management is able to work out contracts, could be together for a long time simply because they are all young players and growing together. And when you grow up in an environment of success, which the others are starting to do right now with this playoff run, it makes it fun. It makes guys want to stay. All right, we'll go back to the phone lines in a second. Oilers win 3-1 over San Jose. Here's Oilers coach Todd McClellan. <coughs> Todd, uh, lots of lessons along the way and all the, try to, the things you tried to instill in this team that would allow them to get through a third period like they did tonight. Uh, what, is, what does it mean to you now that you just experienced all of it working? Well, it takes that. It takes work. It takes lessons. It takes repetition and practice. It takes pain. Um, it doesn't come easy. And for our team, we're watching them grow up right in front of us, which is a, a great thing. Um, you know, we've been through a push into the playoffs. We've been through a round now. We've learned how intense it is to close out a game. We've learned how to respond after a blowout. 
Um, you know, we've learned to manage ourselves uh, throughout a, a series. Uh, we played in hostile environment. Um, so that's great to this point. And that's just the first round. It gets tougher as it goes. So we're going to continue to learn lessons. Uh, but we'll, we'll relish this for now. And um, back to the drawing board tomorrow. Todd, speaking of relish, what does it mean to you to, to be the Sharks, your former team? You coached here for many years. You got this team to a level of success they had. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's first. It's not about Todd. It's not about Jay or Jimmy. It's about the Oilers and the the group of players there that are growing up in front of us. Uh, we're part of this team now. Um, I obviously have uh, a soft spot for for a lot of the the players that are here in San Jose, and uh, you know they were uh, they gave us a hell of a series. They helped us grow up uh, by pushing us, and uh, we're lucky to get through and. Uh, that's an important thing for us. Todd, can you talk about the first period that you got from the Nugent Hopkins line? You kept going back to them, and it just seemed to be chance after chance each of their shifts. They were good. They were, you know, there was a lot of talk in the series about us matching or trying to get Connor away from uh, Vlasic and Braun, and um, obviously we don't want to talk about it uh, during the series, but um, we had an eye on, uh, on Nuge against uh, Jumbo's line, especially since they put them together. And uh, that was a match we were looking for. And you can't get everything. When you're a coach, um, you know, the, the, the media experts find something and they keep going to it and keep going to it. But uh, the coaches have different plans sometimes. Uh, Peter had his plan. We had ours. And uh, ours wasn't about getting Connor away from Vlasic and, and Braun. Ours was about getting uh, Nuge on the ice against Pavelski and, uh, and uh, Jumbo and, and Patty Marlowe. And for the most part, it, it worked in our favor. Todd, what happened to... Five, seven minutes. What was that like? And what did that, how did the group just kind of handle that? Like, so well, we were, we were anxious. You know what? I can't... I'm not going to lie to you. There was uh, anxious moments. There were mistakes. Um, too many men on the ice, you get a little overexcited. Um, I haven't had a bench feel like that since I, we were in uh, Detroit. I remember as an assistant coach, and we'd almost won the cup, and Pittsburgh came back and scored with like 30 seconds left, but the bench was excited. The coaching staff was too excited, too wound up, um, and their lessons learned for us. We'll, we'll be better the next time we get in that situation, but the good thing is we came through it. Todd, what happened to Clefbaum? Clef was actually sick um, to the point where he couldn't play anymore. Uh, we had a number of guys in this series that were ill, and uh, we're hoping that they all get better. I think Leon's a, a prime example. Um, he didn't play a lot of minutes, and he was another one that was was flight, fighting the flu bug. Um, so it's important for us to get healthy uh, before we get to Anaheim. Todd, what does it say about you guys to get through the series and? Get it. the only even strength point for McDavid comes in the empty netter right at the end. And still be able to win. Well, I see. I don't look at it like that. I, I don't look at it as individuals and what can they accomplish in a series. I think about it as a group. And um, Connor's line made it taxing on their team. Um, they had to change real quick. They had, I think, Braun and, and Vlasic had 52 shifts in in uh, San Jose. That was an investment into Game Six, and uh, it's not about winning the scoring title in the in the playoffs uh connor was tremendous his line was excellent they uh they played with tenacity they wore the other team down so the other lines could go out and and create some offense so uh i don't see it that way at all i know there's a big story there and everybody loves to write it about the 
the leading scorer and he's not scoring this or that. I, I just don't see it that way. Can you refer to the uh, fact that uh, uh, you, know, you mentioned it here, I think, the amount of possession time uh, it seemed to well, we were we were very good um, to two nothing. I thought we were uh, the better team. We were on our toes, and then we had, um, you know, we had that defensive mode. The same thing that happened to them uh, in our building. We kind of went to that a little bit. We got backed off and, and didn't forecheck as much. They were coming out of their zone clean, and um, that's human nature. You kind of go back into that protective mode, and it can cost you. And fortunately for night for us tonight, it didn't, uh, and it worked in our favor in Game Five. Todd, if you can, just uh, I know you're still processing this, but just a thought on Anaheim. Obviously, one of the hotter teams in the league to end the season, and, and your next opponent. Well, um, the deeper you get, you know, by the time we get into that series, there'll only be eight teams left. Four series. Uh, the details, the execution, uh, they've obviously gone, I don't know what, they're 15-0-3 or something like that in their last 18 games. So confidence is certainly in their favor. Uh, they feel good about their game. They've, they're rested. Uh, they're getting uh, more preparation time than we are, but that's okay. We're, uh, um, in my opinion, we're playing with house money, and that, sometimes that's not a bad thing. On the Oilers go to round two, that's head coach Todd McClellan. If you're just joining us, we do not know when the series against the Ducks will start. Anaheim does have home ice advantage, so they get games one and two. Uh, Todd saying it there, Bob Stoffer touched on it earlier. McClellan says we weren't worried about getting McDavid away from Vlasic, but we wanted Nugent Hopkins against Thornton. Makes sense uh, in, in the sense that there's one line that could hurt you with the San Jose Sharks, and that's the Thornton-Pavelski-Marlowe line. And they had a plan, and they wanted to put that plan into place, and they did it very well, and that's why Nugent Hopkins, we talked about him so much earlier at how good a series he had playing against that line. I mean, going against that, I mean, Joe Thornton is a big, strong man. Nugent, Nugent isn't. And have to go against him shift after shift after shift, it would wear you down. But Nugent Hopkins did a very good job, so did his line mates. I, I, the one thing I, I listen to him talk about, and you don't really think a whole lot about, but when we watch it from upstairs, and especially the games on home ice, when McDavid's out there and they don't have Vlasic out, as soon as the puck is dropped, the two defensemen skate off right away and all of a sudden Vlasic comes on. And then every time there's a face-off, they have to put Vlasic and Braun on the ice in case McDavid comes out. And then they, Todd puts out a different line. As soon as the puck's dropped, then Vlasic goes off the ice. And it does. It, 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 it tires them out because they're playing extra minutes going back and forth from the bench. But what it also does when you're so adamant about getting that matchup, and that matchup was successful for San Jose, it takes away a little away from your offense because your players are leaving the ice, so you can't come up as a fivesome. Or you're in the offensive zone, you're not all five of you there So because your defensemen are changing, and it affects you. So uh, there are some positives, and Vlasic shutting down McDavid for most of the series was a positive, but it does take away a little bit of your team game, and over the course of the series, it wears you down. Oilers win it 3-1. We have Al on the line. Al, thanks a lot for calling. Yes, I was just wondering towards the end of the game there when we were shorthanded uh, with about three, four minutes uh, to play, Milan Lucci was on the ice there, and I just saw him absolutely do nothing. He just seemed to stand like a totem pole waiting for something to happen. He wasn't running into any players or 
trying to get that puck out. He looked kind of pathetic out there. And also, uh, I was just wondering, when Connor McDavid was um, with about 10 seconds left and he was skating toward the blue line there, when he shot the puck in the, into the empty net, and before he did that, he was totally crushed to the ice. I didn't see the official lift his hand for a penalty before the puck entered the net. Did he ever lift his arm to call the penalty? Because I, I sure the, didn't see it on TV. The, well, the, I just saw the replay. They just showed it on Sportsnet. The one official didn't. I don't know if the other one had his hand up in the air. That should have been a hook. It should have been, but I think the referees at that point knew that there was two seconds to go in the game. It didn't matter. But yeah, you're right. It should have been a penalty, but I never did see the back ref either. Alright, it's 12.58. We have uh, Alan on the line as well. Alan, thanks for calling. No problem. How's it going? Doing well. Good. Um, anyway, my, my call is about, more about the atmosphere. I'd, I'd like to see more atmosphere at the games. Uh, at the home games? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, it's all about chanting. You know, I mean, like, it's a go Oilers, go. It's like, I'm Scottish, right? We go to games to enjoy the atmosphere. We go and we sing. Whether it's do a deer, a female deer, or whatever it is. But, I mean, really... Like, go Oilers, go. We need more than that. We need to hit the whole the away team before they even get on the ice and just give it. You know uh, have I mean? you been Have you been to a playoff game at Rogers Place? Um, yeah, but it's not what I... Have you been to Hamden Park? No, I don't even know what sport they play there. Uh, you don't even... We're talking Scottish football. 70,000 people, you know shouting for one team you know what I mean it's like you are just giving it you know whether it's do a deer a female deer Scottish football fans you can google them alright you know I mean? I'll do that when I get home thanks Alan appreciate it we're coming up to the 1 o'clock news the Oilers beat San Jose 3-1 they win the series 4 games to 2 Thomas is going to be our next caller don't forget there's more on 630ched.com we'll try to catch up on some text to 630-630 as well along with Rob Brown I'm Reed Wilkins the Ducks are next this is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. On this team, here's a breakaway for Marlowe from Thornton, his backhander denied by Cam Talbot. Great work by Cam Talbot again. That was a breakaway from Patrick Marlowe shortly after the Oilers scored on their two breakaways early in the second period. Dreisaitl and Slepeshev both struck. Marlowe did score in the third. McDavid scored into an empty net in the final second. 3-1, the Oilers win. They win the series 4-2. Anaheim is next. The Ducks have home ice advantage. The schedule for round two has not been announced and uh, the NHL says it won't be announced until round one is finished but we'll keep an eye out for that along with Rob Brown I'm Reed Wilkins thanks for staying up with us it's 105 in the morning and we have Thomas on the line hi Thomas hey how's it going Reed doing great good good uh I just want to I have a couple questions for you guys um I just want to know what you think the Oilers match up against you know Getzlaff, Kessler, uh, Vermette, even Thompson in the uh, the fourth line role there. And uh, what do you think about um, 
if uh, Fowler comes back on defense and uh, also Vatanen, you know, those guys are key contributors to the Ducks' uh, power play and obviously they play first line minutes. But uh, I just want to know what you guys think about if the Oilers, they can make a run with those guys out and what you guys think. Well, I, I think the Oilers match up well against Anaheim. I think that uh, they've had close games. I, I, Anaheim is not a team that is going to blow anyone out. They they don't have the offensive weapons that they've had in the past. Uh, most of their games are close, low-scoring games, and the Oilers uh, are able to play that style as well. The, the Anaheim Ducks have got good depth as they just won their first series 4 nothing, with a number of their players, especially on the back end, injured. So that means they're a team with depth. Thompson, as you just brought up, he had a huge series, scored, I believe, a couple big goals in that yeah. series, and he's a fourth-line guy. So Four points, I think. Yeah, yeah so, I, I mean, I just went on and was looking at the Anaheim Ducks, some of their blogs and stuff. It says that I think both Vatanen and Fowler are skating and will play in the next series. Didn't say if it would start, if they would start the series, but it said they will play in the series, and they've had a nice long stretch before from their last game before they play the first game of the next series. So, uh I believe it's going to be a close series. I think it's going to be a lot like the San Jose one where it's going to be tied or one-goal games going into every third period. You know what, Thomas? One thing I will say is is that the last year, so the 15-16 the season, I think the Ducks were 4-1 and one against the Oilers. I think the Oilers might have won a shootout or an overtime game, if I remember like correctly. That, yep. But... Uh, Rob and I watched those Anaheim games, and they could just wait the Oilers out. They could check. Oh, yeah. They could say, you know what, we're not going to make a mistake, and we know at some point you're you're going to do something stupid or try a dumb pass or get caught out of position, and we'll beat you one nothing or three one because we can wait you out. Well, the Oilers can do that now. They can go out there and say we're going to play uh, a clean game, a mistake-free game. And then we think we have the team to counterattack or a couple of skilled guys who can maybe put the game away. Now, that, that's going to be what makes it interesting is the Ducks can still do that. And I do expect somebody texted in asking if the Ducks are a dirty team. They have a couple guys like Kessler oh, and Bieksa who are comfortable stepping over the line. I, I think this is going to be a much more physical and meaner series than what we saw against San Jose. I, I have to agree with you there. Um you know, they got uh, a lot of those demon. They got Theodore. They got Montour. Um, you know, a lot of demon that are stepping in. But, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to a, a good series here. And I think it's going to go six or seven games. And, you know, all the, the blood and guts are going to show out on the ice. I can't wait uh, to see that happen. Right on, Thomas. Thanks a lot for calling. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Hey, we have Rocket on the line. Hey, Rocket. Hey guys, how you doing? Doing quite well. You must be thrilled. Uh, I'm I'm absolutely ecstatic, and and I, I was thinking I was just listening to your last caller, uh, and uh, I'm thinking about the matchups, and and obviously Kessler most likely will be uh, paired against McDavid, but I'll I'll be honest with you, um, Kessler. I don't think he holds a candle to him, and I think in in a in a seven game series, I think McDavid is just going to frustrate Kessler to death. And uh, like I, I've already seen it this year, where where Kessler's tried to contain McDavid, and his speed is just so fast 
he he just can't do it. So if uh, if there's any series where I think McDavid is going to break through, I think it's I think it's against the Anaheim uh, Ducks. I, I I agree in the point not so much because of Kessler and speed, lack of speed. I think Kessler's very good at what he does. I think McDavid breaks through because he doesn't have to face a Vlasic. The Anaheim Ducks defense is good, but they're good in a mobile way. They're good at jumping in the play. They're good at making first passes. I don't think that you are going to see until unless the Oilers move on against a, a team like Nashville, you're going to see a defensive defenseman like Vlasic. I mean, he he he's exceptional. And he did a, uh, just an incredible job against Connor McDavid, but Connor's not going to have to face him in this next round. And if if Fowler and if Vatanen don't start the series, well, now all of a sudden Connor McDavid's going against some very young, inexperienced, talented, but young and inexperienced players who, I mean, they may have played against the Goudreaux and, and the Monahans, but nobody has seen the speed that Connor McDavid has. So I think he's going to get his opportunities. And I'm just looking forward to a series that's going to be nasty and mean and, and everything that you would expect in a playoff hockey game. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be very physical for sure. It has been uh, the entire year. So, uh, oh, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm uh, way to go, Oilers. Like, this is, this is awesome. This is what I wanted to see. I called, I called Oilers in six against uh, San Jose and uh, Oilers – winning against uh, Anaheim so let's go let's go do it boys right on Rocket thanks for calling good to hear from you 3-1 is the final tonight Anton Slepeshev and Leon Draisaitl both scoring their first NHL playoff goals McDavid got his second of the series into an empty net we have John on the line John good to hear from you <coughs> hi how you doing doing well oh, oh, yeah I'm calling from uh, St. Louis Missouri um, and uh, before I get to my comments uh, the important thing it's uh, 85 degrees here a couple of days ago, so I'm trying to do my, the math in my head about how much snow five to seven years is. But, it's uh, not very much, actually. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is nothing for us, no. <laughs> um, but, uh, but anyway, I, I uh, definitely uh, I'm a diehard Blues fan. I've been thinking over here for a long time, but I'm a hockey fan first and foremost. So I guess I want to say, you know, congratulations. I'm feeling rather nostalgic tonight, you know, listening to some stuff. I like to listen to talk wherever I can. And I think back to... A number of years ago when the Blues uh, had struggled uh, for quite a while, not nearly as long a struggle as you all had, um, and then they won the first round series uh, for the first time in a while, oddly enough, against the same San Jose Sharks, um, or Sharks, but, uh, and I know how we felt, and so uh, enjoy it, and congratulations. Uh, going forward, um, I've been saying for a long time that, last several years, I guess a lot of people have, that this team would be very, very dangerous a number of years. Um, obviously, you guys are fast. Uh, they remind me a lot of the Pittsburgh Penguins as far as the speed goes. In fact, obviously, I don't want you guys to get to the final because I want the Blues to be there. But uh, a final of Edmonton against Pittsburgh would be a fascinating series. But again, I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> no offense. But uh, going forward against Anaheim, one thing about Anaheim is uh, I kind of predicted them with my head to be one of the teams possibly to be there at the end and to me i just feel like the the ducks uh, are a very complete team uh they have a little bit of everything if they've got everything firing together um i think with the oilers and just get your opinion about it no question the offense is there a no question the speed is there a little bit of the grid is there maybe not quite enough 
But my biggest problem is, do you think the defense is mature enough uh, going forward to, uh, I, I, obviously they're going to continue to get experiences, uh, but I think once, no matter what happens, it's a win-win for you guys, because even if you get, do get knocked out, I mean, your, your time's coming, uh, no doubt. As I mean, you got a great D, it's just, I think, as far as the maturity level, uh, learning things, and I just kind of wanted to get your opinion about that. And Congratulations, and hopefully if all goes well, maybe we'll see you all in a few weeks, <laughs> a couple weeks here. John, thanks for calling from St. Louis, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think the the defense, the maturity's there. I think it's fine. I mean, to me, the reason the Oilers won this series is their defense. I think they just can play that style of game now that they haven't played in the past. And the the, the biggest factor, I think, in the next series is going to be the Oilers' power play. I think the San Jose Sharks were a very disciplined hockey club, and they did not take dumb penalties. So the Oilers weren't able to make them pay. The Anaheim Ducks will take dumb penalties, and the Oilers' power play is going to have a chance to win hockey games. Uh, we talked about Larson. We talked about Clefbaum. I thought Andre Sekra played very well. Mm-hmm. I, I thought, just thought controlling the puck, doing the subtle things that he does. He is not a big body checker, but he'll he'll angle guys and, and squish them out of the play. And I, I thought he was very good with the puck on his stick. And, and what he's also very good at jumping in the play and then his speed allows him to get back in the play and back pressure and not allow a break to go back the other way. Yeah, I thought I thought he was excellent. The, the, the entire uh, Oilers defensive core was very, very good, and it shows in the, the few. I mean, you take out the 7 nothing game, the Oilers won all the other games because they were better defensively. We have Terry on the line. Hi, Terry. Good evening or good morning, gentlemen. <laughs> it's been a long, long day. Um, thank you again for a great show, you guys. Um, it beats those all uh, those old uh, old uh, what do you call them? Old radio shows. Old radio shows. It beats that all to heck. Um, anyways, a question I have for you guys is: uh, Do you see anything or anybody of the Purple Aces uh, replacing anybody on the uh, you know on the current roster going uh, up against Anaheim? No, I think it's pretty unlikely. No, I don't think so. I mean, Hendricks and Kara are not part of the, I call them black aces, I guess you call them purple, Terry, but uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the actual right. scratches are Hendricks, Kara, and Griba right now. Yeah. And I think if, I mean, with, I'll just use Mark Fain as an example. If, if they thought Mark Fain was good enough to play playoff hockey, given his contract and his age, he would have already been on the roster. They think right. Matt Benning and Eric Greiber are better options for right shot deep. And, and I and I believe of any players coming in, I believe Greiber would be probably the f- the first player of any of the players to come well, into Packer the line. Oh, Packer like, is a scratch. I'd like yeah. to see him come in. Actually, I really would. I I, I don't. I mean, I don't think you. I don't think you bring him in yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I mean, I think if there's anyone that's going to come in as a change, I think he'd be the first one because I think up front right now you're not you're not changing anything. All right, gentlemen, have a good morning, and uh, thanks again. Thank you very much. Thanks, Terry. Just a quick text from Rob. He says, I watched the Ducks series, and I thought Gibson didn't look 100%, wondering what you think. I thought he played well. I mean, he was clearly the better of the two goalies in the series. I will say this to you, Rob, and I don't know if you heard Kelly Rudy on Inside Sports with me a few weeks ago. He said Gibson to him looks like one of those guys where – 
he's always acting like something's wrong. Like he'll stand up, he'll shake out his leg, he'll do a stretch, and and Kelly was annoyed by it. <laughs> so I, whether he's actually bothered or he's just in some Rob, you probably played with guys like that. They're always stretching or they're always checking their glove or and yeah. after a while you're just like, are, are you okay? I don't know. Like some, some, but some guys are just like that. No, uh, yeah. I, mean, I would never ask if they're okay. Like if, uh, fine, just be I guess done with it. Keep yeah. playing, they're fine. Yeah, yeah. You, no, no. Yeah, but there are there are guys like that, and some of them just hypochondriacs. They just they have to have something wrong with them and need the attention. All right, it's one eighteen. We'll take a quick timeout. The Oilers are off to round two, beating the Sharks three one. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio six thirty. Chad. Andrew Gross from our afternoon news show is driving on Highway 2 north of Red Deer. He says it is very icy, lots of snow, no plows. Be very careful or just uh, stay off the highway. I don't know, then, if, I don't know if anybody's going out. I'm certainly not going to go that way on my way home to St. Albert then. We have Rico on the line. Oilers win 3-1 to win the series in six. Rico, go ahead. Hey, how's it going, guys? Very good, good thanks. Good, awesome. So listen, I've been listening to the show since around 2010, and I've never called in before, and I really appreciate you taking my call. I'm calling from Okotoks, Alberta, which is a suburb of Calgary. And even though there's a lot of sad Flames fans in this area, there's a lot of people jumping on the bandwagon for the Oilers, and uh, I would say probably in this community of the hockey fans, 20-25% have been cheering for the Oilers for a while now so pretty exciting so um i'm gonna make uh i'm gonna make a a couple of comments about the game and the series tonight but i gotta tell a quick story uh one of my best friends back in the day was trying out for the saint albert midget triple a's and i was asking him how it was going when he was in the tryouts and he said well it's going pretty well but there's this one guy that is unbelievable. He, the, he plays defense, but he's got moves. He's, he's crazy. He's only 15, and he's actually not even going to play for this team this year. He's going to Kamloops. And I asked him, well, who the he- who's this guy? And he said, Rob Brown. That was a long, long time ago. It was a long, long time yeah. ago, but that's... Uh, that's but, cool. But that was the first time I've I've ever heard of you, Rob Brown. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, I can't believe you still remember because that is about thirty some years ago. Yeah, but I mean, how many fifteen year olds make it to uh, junior? You know, major junior. I mean, it's. I mean, back even back then, it was uh, not often, right? Anyways, uh, about the series and 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 the games and everything that's going on. Um, I really believe that if uh, the Oilers are going to have any chance against Anaheim, it's really going to come down to those power plays that you were alluding to earlier, Rob. Uh, you know, it's going to be so tight that uh, whoever can cash in on those power plays are, are going to be successful. And really, even with, uh, as we saw against San Jose, with uh, a lot of, uh, a, you know how much they were zoning in on McDavid and taking away his time and space. I mean, the secondary scoring has to be there for sure. But uh, you know, I totally, uh, I totally feel what Todd was saying earlier about how, uh, even though uh, Connor wasn't scoring a lot of these points, he was wearing those defense down in a big way. And also, I 
even though uh, Nuge and Ebbs weren't getting the points, they were they they had a great series. They played amazing. They were responsible defensively, and uh, they were getting lots of chances. I kept saying tonight, I just hope these guys cash in on a goal or two because they 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 deserve it. They've been playing great. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Rico. Thanks a lot for calling and for listening in in Okotoks too. We appreciate it. Uh, we we touched on it earlier, but I, th- I thought Nugent Hopkins especially was a very responsible player, and quite frankly, he had a couple really good chances. I I thought might go in throughout the series. So well, hopefully he's ta- he keeps working hard. He's taking his taking advantage of his first chance at playoff hockey. We have Douglas on the line as well. Hi, Douglas. How are you doing tonight, guys? Doing great. First time I get to see a game for a long time. Been up in Fort Mac night shift. So, but uh, I'm just wondering about the playoff format. If it was used to go back to the one sixteen thing, now we have to play Anaheim. Yeah. How do you think it would work out if it went the other way uh, this year? Who'd be playing? I don't know Nashville or. Well, if it would have been just one through sixteen, Edmonton yeah. would have played uh, the New York Rangers, and they would have had home ice advantage. Right, so it'd be a lot different, eh? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, in the first round, and in Jeez. the second round, we don't know because there would still be series to be decided. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of like it the old way. When well, they only they only did that for two years, the Oilers' first two years in the league. Since then, uh-huh. it's been either by division or by conference, for sure. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, and just one comment to uh, your Scottish friend. He's great. Yes, I lived overseas uh, in Scotland and in England and went to many uh, football games, but I don't believe he's ever been to a hockey game here. There's nothing like uh, the atmosphere in in the old Rexall place in the Gretzky days or the Orange Crush. So Yeah, well, there's there's more time to chant at a soccer game because there's less action to watch on the field. Well, you're exactly right there, partner. It's great. <laughs> Thanks, Douglas. We appreciate it. We also have Mike on the line. Hi, Mike. How's it going, guys? Doing well. Good. Uh, I just want to say a couple things. First of all, uh, go Rangers. Um, if we go further than the Oilers this year, I will donate $100 to any charity of your guys' choice. 630 Chet Santos Anonymous, please. Yeah, you guys can save my number. You guys, uh, I'll put the $100 in there. But if we go further than the Oilers, uh, Rob Brown's got to put 100 to... Uh, it's not anonymous on his name. Second thing, um, if we're going to go further in this in the in the playoffs, Everly's got to step it up. That whole line. I mean, yeah, okay, you can get your chances, you can do your thing, you can you can go against Pavelski and all those guys. If you're not getting points, I mean, one point in what six games? Nuge at zero. Um, if we're going to go anywhere, man, we got to get those guys going. Um, this next series, I got the Oilers in six, but I still got Rangers going to the Cup. So. Um, if we go further than the Oilers, Rob Brown, you got to put some money down. I'll put 100 towards Sam as anonymous or whatever that thing is. And uh, Sounds good. If, I'm in. Cool. So I'll keep my number, and uh, i got no problem putting $100 down, and uh, we'll keep that a bet. Cool? Thank I'm you, in. Mike. Sounds good. Thank right. you, Mike. We appreciate it. We also have Michael on the line. Hi, Michael. Hi. Greetings. you got a minute, buddy. we got to do the news in a, in a minute, so go ahead. Okay. Is that me? Yeah, that's you, Michael. Yep, thank you. Um, uh, everybody, 12 more wins out there. Oiler Nation, 12 more wins. So just settle down on Jasper Avenue. All is good. We're fine, but but you know what? We've won nothing yet. And uh, and let's just keep moving it forward, move the chains forward, and, and let's get 12 more wins. Absolutely. Stop Her- the horn honking. 
we're relaxed. We well, you got to. No, see, I, I disagree with that. I say, why can't they celebrate? A I win? say celebrate every win. Then it's a two-month celebration when you win it all. I say take full advantage of any chance you get to celebrate. It's like if I could have Christmas every day, I would. So let's let's celebrate. Honk your horns, wave your hands, cheer, and hopefully we'll be continue to do this for the next two months. Okay. All right. Like, like I'm all right with that. I mean, you get to go and swig beer for every night for for the next two months. You can't beat that. We got to do the news here at 1:30, and then we're back for some final thoughts. It's overtime open line, courtesy of the Canadian Brew House. The Oilers play the Ducks next. This is overtime open line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 6:30, Chad. The Edmonton Oilers have won a playoff series for the first time since 2006. A Game 6 victory in San Jose. 3-1 the final score. Dreisaitl, Slepeshev, and McDavid. The goal scorers. The Oilers advance. So much for that 7-0 loss, eh? Oilers play Anaheim next. San Jose is coached by Peter DeBoer. You guys are kind of at bay there. Well, I mean, first off, you know, uh, congratulations to Edmonton. They, they played a, a heck of a series, and... Uh, you know, they played a big part in us not being able to score. I thought they defended well. Talbot played well. Um, they were all close games. And, uh, you know, you've got to find a way to win one nothing, 2-1 in the playoffs. It's not realistic. You're going to get three or four every night. And they found a way to, to win more of the close games than we did. Peter, um, moving forward, what are you taking away from tonight's game and the season? Thank you. Well, I'm taking away a couple things. One, you know, we, we had a, we had some guys that had some heroic courage in playing in this series. You know, I won't get into the details of the injuries, but, um, you know, there's a, there's some men in there that, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm amazed found a way to, to get out on the ice and do what they were, we were able to do, you know, especially Joe Thornton. I mean, uh, you know, when you guys, when it gets released, what he was dealing with, uh, you know, it was pretty exceptional uh, to uh, to see, you know, what he did and and uh, how he played for us. Um, you know, the other thing I'll take away is, you know, everyone talked about getting to the finals the year before and how tough the next year is, and you always think you can be the team to buck that. And um, you know, it's hard. It's it's a it's a grind and. Um, you know, I, I'm not prepared to take inventory of what went wrong, but, you know, my gut feeling is we, we ran out of some gas here the last month, and, um, you know, that's just a reality. Coach, uh, I know a lot of variables go into all this, but does the two serious injuries to the two forwards boil to the top to explain uh, the current situation? Well, sure. I mean, you know, I, I think, you know, you, you can point... You can point to when we started to struggle, to, you know, to right around that time. You know, we started to deal with some injuries late in the season, and um, you know, and again, you, you have to find a way. Everybody does, but it's. Uh, I was proud of the effort our guys uh, put up. I thought, I thought we uh, stuck to the game plan. You know, we knew we had to control McDavid, and I thought, uh, you know, our, our guys did a fantastic job of, of, you know, trying to. To limit his time and space and effectiveness, and um, you know, and then from there, you know, you got to give them credit. Their depth guys, and they found some goals from the depth of their lineup. We did that last year on our playoff run. Chris, 
Pete, as far as uh, the job you guys did at McDavid, I'm sure if anyone told you before the series started, you'd hold them to one goal, and that would be an empty netter in the last game. You, you, you know, you you take it kind of thing. So I mean, just the job you guys did. Are you amazed that you know the Oilers were still able to kind of pull this out without kind of without? <coughs> Well, yeah. I mean, you know, when you when you if you would have told me before the series we, we would have held McDavid in check, we would have won the special teams battle on paper. Um, you know, you probably would have. I probably would have felt pretty good about our chances, but you know, it's a little misleading. I think our special teams were, were real good in the one game. Uh, I think the special teams were probably a soft in the series, um, and they were, you know, and the rest was they were they were one goal games. You know, I think the the one. The one that's, you know, the two that sting are the the one nothing game here in game three. Um, you know, that's a game that I, I really felt we we should have won. That's a that's a momentum turning game, and uh, and obviously game five in Edmonton with the lead with two minutes left. So, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna beat a really good team, you've gotta you gotta seize those moments, and uh, we, we weren't able to. Peter, there was a lot of battles and, and foot races in this series that were held between a 30-something shark and a, you know, sub 23-year-old oiler. How much of that had to do with where we're sitting now? Uh, you, you, I, you guys make the, the the age and the speed thing a factor. I don't think that was a factor at all. I don't think I don't think we lost to a, a faster team. I don't think that was the case in the, in the series. And I think if you look back at the games, momentum. You know, we were on our heels, but, you know, I thought we look, made them look slower for large sections of games, too. So I, I don't think that age or speed was an issue in this series. Uh, <clears throat> that two-minute span to begin the second period really t- changed the tide of this game. From your perspective, can you kind of comment on what happened in that 120 seconds? <clears throat> you know, two. Again, you know, we, we've got control in the offensive zone. We're, we're buzzing. Uh you know they block a shot and turn that into a breakaway. The other one we we make uh, we miss a pass. You know both off off offensive zone time. So those are things. You know you don't have an explanation for. It's not a breakdown. It's it's uh, you know a mistake, a, a play by them, a bounce that they, they stuck in our net. Peter DeBoer coached the San Jose Sharks to the Stanley Cup final last season. This year eliminated in round one by your Edmonton Oilers. The final tonight in game six, 3-1. Get more coverage on 630Ched.com. The Oilers will play Anaheim in round two. The series will start in Anaheim. The dates have not yet been announced. The limited tickets that will be available for the Oilers home games will go on sale on Wednesday. Fun so far. We get to keep having a little bit more here. Maybe a lot more. Who knows? Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Overtime Open Line has been presented by the Canadian Brew House. The final in the game. 3-1 Edmonton. The final in the series. 4-2 Edmonton. Have a great weekend. Russell to Sacra, banked off the glass, center ice, 10 seconds to go. Pavelski rushes in right side, tied up. The Oilers nudge it back to center. McDavid backhands it toward the empty net and scores! One second to play, and the Edmonton Oilers are on to round two.